Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your Heart in the Paint NBA podcast, the only NBA podcast that's still bringing you fresh new content before the season returns, if it returns, when it returns. And of course, we're asking the hard questions along the way. I'm your host, Matt, again, joined by Michael on this wonderful March 25th, potentially one week away from quarantine being lifted. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Of course, there's been just a ton of things going on in the NBA universe. So many interviews, player comments, and uh, strategery to go over. But before we get into all that, of course, let's give a special shout out to our sponsor for this episode. And that is Charmin. Now, you might know Charmin for their toilet paper, something that is an expensive commodity these days. But if you're going to spend a lot of money on toilet paper, you want to make sure it's Charmin uh quad quilted comfort technology based toilet paper now this toilet paper is nice it's very soft very flexible doesn't leave a bunch of little you know paper scraps in your butthole Uh, and the best part is is it actually helps you use less because the the sheets are so thick you don't go through a roll as fast so put your money where your toilet is and spend that paper on some toilet paper with Charmin Deluxe Quad Quilted Toilet Paper. Available if you can even freaking find any more toilet paper anywhere. So with that, let's hop right into the good stuff. And I guess the good stuff for this week, of course, is uh, our our general generalized coronavirus quarantine quorum of updates. Uh, so for me, of course, I have been, uh, trying to do some work at home, which of course is basically saying 30% productivity and my productivity is pretty much already at 30%. So we're at like 10% right now, just feeling good. Um, not too much to complain about that on the most part. However, oh gosh, it's just getting kind of annoying. Like... It's kind of boring seeing the inside of my house all day. I kind of kind of want to see some things. I mean, I can get some fresh air, but they're thinking about closing off some of the parks and things over here. Um, of course, all the kids are still out of school. All of the major restaurants are phone-in only, or some of them aren't even open anymore. Every shopping center is basically uh, deserted. Um so we'll see where it goes. Really, there was no promises made by my... We had kind of a big conference call the other day for my company about, you know, how long is this supposed to last? And there wasn't really a clear direction. So that's very optimistic sounding. It's like, all right, cool. Like, bring, bring take anything you want home with you. I'm like, all right, we'll see. Uh, not Not like doom and gloom, though. More just like disability it's like everybody's on disability very very strange times we live in how's your quarantine going sith lord michael uh the extra 45 minutes of sleep is pretty nice right so now i don't have to commute to work and all that like get up and get ready so that's pretty nice um what are you talking about you have to commute to work you've got to move 45 seconds from your bedroom to your desk <laughs> yeah but that's so much better when it's instead of having to get up at six in the morning i can get up at six forty-five, <laughs> fucking eat breakfast and then go sit on my computer at seven um it'd be pretty solid if you know i work at a telecom company and it's like they're kind of freaking out about the whole work from home and i'm like 
guys, we provide phone and internet services for large portions of the United States. Like, if we can't figure out how to work from home, then what the fuck are we selling to customers? <laughs> You're supposed to be the guys that could work from home if it was possible. <laughs> Pretty much. So a lot of, I guess, you you kind of get to that point where you realize who's going to cut it and not going to cut it in a gig economy. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too, because uh, speaking of, like, uh, services, I've heard... Um, at least California is really dealing with this a lot. Like their servers are overloaded with like, uh, you know, Netflix or the internet or Pornhub, Pornhub or like PlayStation even. So, yeah, I mean, basically, so, you know, I work at like an ISP, right? So basically we have to like augment all this stuff and, you know, conversations were brought up like three weeks ago about trying to augment like the capacity for a lot of this stuff on the network. And basically, everybody kind of blew me off. <laughs> and now we're just, like, doing it as, like, they need it, which is, like, a terribly reactive plan. But... Yeah, it's like, everyone's going to be at home longer. Should we, like... What did you think was going to happen? I don't know, but... Yeah, should we, like, upgrade our bandwidth so that, like, you know, when Timmy's got his iPhone and I'm trying to play Xbox and then Mom's, like, YouTubing a Netflix red wine special, like, we don't all hate each other? Yeah, I'm just wondering if, like, the local providers, like Spectrum and AT&T and, like, the the ones who, like, provide you with, like, a modem and stuff, are they going to start price gouging? Ooh, that would be really brutal. Because they already do that, right? Where you hit, like, the, the one-year contract, and then you get this, like, surcharge. Yeah. Like, your, your pricing. So then it's, like, you just end up, like, opting out and then, like going with either competitor or you just, or you just like, cancel your subscription and, like, re- subscribe and back to like the intro plan basically yeah so it's funny because you know in california there's a lot of the people that do like the twitch streaming and stuff and it's funny because like oh so many more people are doing that now but the funny part is is that like so many of them are doing it that like everybody's like stream is like falling (laughs) apart at the moment so it's like kind of it's such a funny like problem paradox almost it's like Oh, we well, didn't account for any of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, basically the entire last decade, right, was pushing people to spend more time online, on phones, like in their homes, right? That's just been like the the movement of the United States over the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that it's like, we're kind of reaching like the logical conclusion where it's like, oh, everybody just stays inside. And now we're just seeing this sort of backlash where people are just like, fuck it. I still want to go like, it's Wally. Be outside and all this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like when people had the option, they were just kind of doing this anyway. Yeah, but now that <laughs> but they don't have that the, the option, taken away. That's like the real grievance. And yeah. then you have like the Texas lieutenant governor who's like basically proposing that old people should just like sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the economy, which is a really weird argument. So. Yeah, it's a... uh, there's there's some upsides though with coronavirus, you know. Absolutely, allows people to focus on their uh, creative pursuits like podcasting or, uh, you know, if you wanted to write a novel. Oh, and also you get to be around, you know, your loved ones more, right? When you're at home alone all these days, it's really nice. Also, because everybody has to stay indoors, uh, no more mass shootings in public areas like schools or malls or restaurants or churches 
Yeah, I mean, that was, and you can't really like have diversity issues in your own house. I mean, those are all, you know, pretty much gone at this rate. Uh, workplace harassment is probably at historic lows. I mean, the list goes on of all the positives <laughs> of coronavirus. And even the second best part is there's still corona on the shelves in stores. Yeah, how crazy is that? That, like, you know, the entire global supply chain is taking a hit, but somehow, like, Corona is still able to get it to the shelves for the people. Yeah, I mean, they just have cases of Coronas all over the grocery store, and they're still coming. Oh, does Corona do, like, a party pack? Not really. They just do, like, you know, the normal 8, 12s, and 16s. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah, but it, that's what they should do. I think they should do this, especially if we hit, like, Cinco de Mayo. And we're still basically under this, uh, you know, quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing. You know, what's funny is uh, I don't know if you've been watching like the late night shows that are now like trying to do it in their own house. I don't know if oh, you've seen yeah. any of those. Those Trevor are so Noah, yeah. cringy to me. I don't, it's like, <laughs> man, you are not really a YouTuber at all. Like you are... It's... It's kind of funny, right? Hell. It's basically it's basically <laughs> like when the when the the office first came out and everybody was so thrown off because there's no laugh track. Yeah. Like there's just right so like the first like I mean the first bit of the office is probably the cringiest anyway but like especially like those first episodes it's like there's just no laughter. It's just it's also weirdly silent. But then eventually I mean that's just like the typical, right? Like now it's weird if you develop a sitcom that has a laugh track. So I don't know. It's it's it is weird though. Like they have no way of being able to like play off an audience. So yeah. it feels like a little dead. I mean at the same time it's still pretty like interesting how like you know, I think the guys who are like already in that space of being off kind of the the internet, so like John Oliver, right? Where he basically he just does stuff on HBO where it's like a monologue anyway. He's pretty solid still. Yeah, like, I think he'll be fine. But, like, the ones who do, like, the... Um, the Jimmy Fallons and those kinds of yeah, guys. Yeah. The ones who, like, really need, like, a lot of, like, audience participation. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to see them... Because there's kind of always been a... Maybe, like, a hierarchy difference between, like, oh, well, I'm, like, produced and on national TV, so all of you, like, digital content folks are below me. <laughs> And now it's like, oh, that's funny because you're like late night endorsed produced stuff is like kind of shit quality now compared to the people that have been doing YouTube for so long. I wonder if this like, you know, would any of them go to like Netflix, right? Because like Netflix is obviously going to have a huge audience for the next however many weeks slash months on this stuff, right? Because people are just naturally at home. So it's like. Netflix has got to have a bunch of stuff lined up, but they're just ready to dump, like, you know, just like a backlog of stuff that they have just saved for like moments like this. But well, also I guess... too, like the NBC started its digital thing, the Disney started its like all these guys are kind of like still under contract, right? So they can't really just like what what do they do with that? Like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think well, I mean, I guess like Netflix, I think still has The Office and Friends. Although I think those are going to expire at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. So I guess they have like the, like the huge like binge watching like you throw it on in the background shows. But I'm talking about like 
you know, Netflix just produces a lot of shit now, and it's, you know, they've got to have stuff that they've been like, oh, we were going to do this over, like, June, July, August, over kind of, like, the summer months, but maybe they just move up the timetable. I've heard other people doing that. Other, uh, I've heard rumors of that from other uh, organizations, I suppose. So that's uh, an upside. Speaking of uh, upside of moving things forward, there's been some big three rumors going around that the big three is actually going to capitalize on yeah. this time. Turn it into like a reality show almost. It seems like. Yeah, it's like a cross between Big Brother and. I mean, I guess pick up basketball, but it's basically like Big Brother. Right? It's I was going to say like Survivor and Big Three, but yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I I think it's awesome. Um, you know, like Ice Cube went on like The Breakfast Club, like I think like last Friday or Saturday or something, or Thursday or Friday, and he was like kind of talking about like the Big Three stuff and like what he was, you know, kind of giving out the ideas. He didn't quite give out like all the details, like they did like in this press release, but. Um, he was basically hinting that they were gonna kind of do this as best as they could, and I don't know if you know the, uh, it'll happen. But he was kind of proposing like they would do um like a spinoff on the big three, where it's like NBA players who were not NBA players, but like college players who aren't like signed yet by an NBA team, so they're not actually under a contract, but. But it's like since they're not playing basketball in the tournaments, they're basically um, like free in a way. Like they're really yeah. not under college or the NBA yet. So it's like he would try to basically institute his own version of like a March Madness college kind of tournament in the Big Three kind of umbrella. I think this would be a really cool idea. I mean, you've got to. We know the NBA is, and really all of sports media is struggling for content right now. So literally anything would be a bonus. I mean, and some of these like old school NBA guys, if they're in a reality show setting, I mean, that's going to be pretty freaking good TV. Like there's a lot of attitude going around there. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, personal conflicts from the past that'll come up and yeah, not to mention at all, you'll get basketball which okay like it might be hard to get people to sign up for that especially if this gets worse like just in terms of like you know who's sick who's not sick who can stay quarantined in our reality show for you know a month or two um yeah i mean i think i mean obviously if big three is the only sports on tv the olympics got pushed back um tv like audiences will probably just be big because it's kind of the only sports and everybody's at home so you know the big three could basically re renegotiate their tv contract like on the spot like imagine if tnt and like espn had to you know put in like a mini bidding war for big three rights i mean if the big three plays it right they can basically earn enough cash that their league is going to be you know, like they'll survive for like at least the next five to seven years, which is kind of what you want when you got a, such a small oh, you know, league like that, yeah. right? That's basically getting off the ground. Like they could basically cash in and be kind of sick. Um, so I got some NBA, you know, types of questions here. You know, 
Um, first one, which team do you think benefits the most from the quarantine? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's either the Nets or the Warriors. That's kind of what I was thinking, right? You would think the guys with the major injuries. Well, I was also thinking too, like, okay, Steph, like just came back right before the, the virus happened and like that team wasn't looking like they were going to win games anytime soon, but they did have the worst record if I'm not mistaken. So obviously you kind of want to keep that. So kind of losing it out early doesn't feel bad for not playing Curry, you know? And then it's like, Oh, we still have the lowest record. So we have, you know, our lottery odds are still good. If the lottery, whatever they do with that. And then the Nets is like, well, KD and like four other people got it. So everyone's probably got it which means that this extended period is like, all right, they're going to get healthy, you know, uh, disease-wise as well as, like, physical-wise. And that's great. It's like nobody wanted to see them play anyways, you know? I mean, besides the fact that they might have struggled their way into the playoffs, but, you know, I I think we're just... uh, I think the biggest concern, or maybe the team that I think fared the worst in this deal is the Lakers team. And really, uh, you know, it's for a couple of reasons. One is obviously they were kind of the narrative champions right now. Maybe them versus the Bucks was sort of like where everybody's head was at. And everyone thought, you know, the Lakers are 80, 85% there right now in championship form. You know, they're getting on this hot streak. They're going to ride it into the playoffs. Then we're going to see like zero dark LeBron go in. But now you've got the problem of, well, this was kind of like their ordained season. Also with like the Clippers and a couple other teams that had these like kind of rental type contracts. Uh, and on top of that, you've got Space Jam 2 that's now questionable if they're going to film any more of it. Like how are you going to pull guys out to LA to film cameos in your movie? I mean, that's a huge problem right there. Yeah, I had the the Warriors faring the best because they basically have the double of the high lottery pick with the combination of Clay, Steph, Draymond injuries. Um, number two, I had the Spurs because basically they're not humiliated by not making the playoffs <laughs> with such Ooh. a weird-ass team that lives in the mid-range. So they basically, everybody just kind of forgets about them, right? Mm-hmm. So normally you'd hit the end of the season and everybody would look back and would probably rip the Spurs for just where they've gone kind of post Kawhi. But now it's, you know, they basically get to fly under the radar into free agency. Maybe they can make some sneaky moves, kind of correct the ship without anybody even really noticing that they went off the rails. Um, three, Houston. Uh, they started off with like the whole Hong Kong thing. Uh, and then they got rid of the center, and then they lost to the Knicks, and now it's like, all right, maybe they can reassess what they're doing, and I don't know, figure out the next, you know, uh, inefficiency in the game to go tackle. I mean, well, maybe it's like they don't just drop a center. Maybe they come up with like a whole new brand of 
I don't know, like a pick and roll. They reinvent the pick and roll over the next few weeks. Here's my, uh, like, I think Houston's one of the, one of like maybe five teams where if the playoffs didn't go well, then they would have like definitely rescrambled their situation. But now like Houston, like, like if Houston like lost in the first round or like, let's say didn't even make it out of the second round. I mean, you're talking, you know, basically like this was, uh, Daryl Morey's like last stand, you know, D'Antoni's last stand. I mean, this would be like the ultimate does hard and ball work kind of team. And to not see the end result of that, like science experiment is kind of frustrating because now it's kind of like, Oh, well, we don't know. So let's just run it back because that's the easiest thing. Like same with, uh, I think you can say the same about Miami. I think you can say the same about Philly with their problems. Uh, maybe even a team like, maybe even like Toronto even uh, where it's just like okay well you know things seem to be going well in the regular season but we have these skeletons in our closet and then now we aren't even going to open that door because we're just kind of writing the whole season off which uh, doesn't feel good on anyone's side because now it feels like we're going to get if it let's say the season picks back up in January of next year, so we get like 1.5 seasons worth of play, let's say. Now it feels like we're doing the same. Like this, it's going to be like the same beat minus like the Nets having their players and Golden State having their players. Yeah, I also think that if they end up resuming the season later in the summer, and they go to like a shortened playoff series where maybe the first round is five games, the second round is five games, and then you move to kind of seven games for the conference finals, seven games for the finals. A team like Houston, that really helps them, where we've seen it basically every year for the past five years, where Hardy basically wears down the first two rounds. And, you know, if you knock off a few games, you know, it's less toll on his body. And also the fact that their weird brand of basketball, where they just layups threes no centers you know it's more of a short-term plan like it works in like a game-to-game basis but it doesn't usually work on like a series basis just because you play so many games that eventually like you know if the other coach is halfway decent they'll figure out how to adjust their game plan by game three exactly yeah but if there's only five games and you know Houston end up like making 25 threes in one of those first two games, then it's like, oh shit, all of a sudden, you know, they don't, they only need to be off like one game and they can still win. Whereas like in a seven game series, they're probably going to be off, you know, from three for like two games. So it's like, I actually think they're one of the few teams that would benefit from a, a condensed playoff run here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we saw it. In that, you know, year, they argued they could have probably won it. You know, game seven, they missed like 43s. I mean, you know, that happens in a five-game series. Who knows? But they're one of those teams that, kind of like Golden State used to be, you know, they just have enough shots that you feel like they can take a game off anybody at any time, like no matter what's going on, just just numbers-wise. At the same time, they can also lose a game to anybody. (laughs) 
just off the numbers too. So yeah, I think you're right there. I think another team that probably benefits from that is also uh, the injury teams, right? The Clippers, the Phillies, like not the Sixers, sorry. Uh, mm, you know, it's really hard to, I, I just have a really hard time seeing these guys all come back and play like playoff basketball. Like there's going to be that like hangover grogginess for like the first two games. If they bring it back, it just really has me rattled. Like, okay, we're going to do five games and you also have to start in playoff mode and you get like maybe a week of practice time, but no game time. It's like, you're just asking for an upset in that first yeah, round. Yeah, I mean, th- that's why I think they would have to have some type of warm-up games before they just jump into the playoffs. Whether that's, I don't know, you do four regular season games, or you just do four like exhibition-type games. Yeah. So that way they don't actually count towards the record. Um, I think something I just, like... I don't they... really know how like, the owners are going to play this, right? Because like, the owners have a lot of say in this, and it's like, if you're Memphis... Right, they're the eight seed right now, so obviously they don't want to play any more games. But if you're the Pelicans like owner, then you're obviously advocating for you know like I probably six games. I think would probably like might be able to flip that you know for them to climb to eighth. So it's it's also like you know there's this negotiating with around like if you bring back you know, X amount of regular season games. Like, how many do you actually bring back? Well, you have the other option, too, of, you know, normally playoff games are great because it's fans in the stands makes, like, at least four times more money, and that's probably not going to happen this year. So that bargaining chip of, like, oh, I want playoff games in my home town so I can earn revenue isn't quite there as much. Uh and simultaneously, you also have the TV side, which it just kind of wants anything. They'll they could they'll take like you know high school division two McDonald's junior American cheeseburger team. Like it'll be like that time that uh, you and I watched uh, what was it like the Michigan high school women's basketball championship or something? Exactly. Like we're just <laughs> clamoring for anything. So so I think what we should do. I think what my proposal is is they kind of take i think uh it's funny because right now there's like all these charity events going on for uh video games they're doing all these like sort of you can call them tournaments but they're really just more like exhibitions that help raise money for you know the nurses the doctors the vaccine whatever's going on with the virus i think if we take that extension you apply that to the NBA, I think we can run some charity games, kind of like they did in Katrina. You remember that one? Uh, but I think we say, all right, every team plays like four charity games or something like that. You're scheduling four games for all the teams, and they just you just kind of play however the schedule fits. It doesn't really matter. You're just trying to get you're trying to get the teams in game shape, but you know there's no fans in the stands, but like. You need an incentive for them to play, which is like charity and like getting in playoff shape. Uh, So I think that kind of all works. But I think here's what you do is those four games, we run like the all-star game. 
or it's the reset the points every quarter, the last quarter, you know, the, the points for Kobe thing. That's what I think should happen. Oh, that's that's a pretty good idea. Because that means no matter what, at least that fourth quarter, you're getting, uh, you know, quality playoff basketball for the most part with your teammates, which is also important. Uh, maybe you say they wear and tear because it's a charity game. doesn't matter. I don't know. We're going to injure the athletes. Who the fuck cares, man? They've been sitting at home for like a whole month. Uh, you know, they don't need rest anymore. So, you, so, you, so there's that. And then, of course, there's like the whole... Uh, this is like really a better test for the league of that uh, scoring system, which kind of i think lit a match somewhere when that all-star game actually went well of like hey maybe we'll think about doing this in like high school or college or division two or d league or something like why not test out a new rule for these charity games that give people a reason to watch as well yeah i mean they've shown at least from a like administrative league point of view that they are willing to you know be a little creative with with their ideas right they've done this with the the g league like the how the dunks down there you know the competitions and stuff kind of change over time the four point shot obviously this year with the all-star game so you know maybe kind of the if you have to kind of work in this condensed um playoff scenario that basically happens between like maybe june and july you know, it kind of allows them to try something and get away with it because nobody would, you know, because they can always just be like, oh, well, it was a weird year, right? They can just always like offhand kind of wave it and then say, oh, but like next year, well, when we're back to normal, we'll go back to this, right? It kind of, it's almost like, you know, just having a a get out of free jail card and like Monopoly, it's like, ah, it just kind of gives you like, you can do whatever the fuck you want until you burn that card. Yeah, and that's why I think this would be a great time to do all that stuff because it, it just makes a lot of a lot of sense. I, I like. I don't know a better way to kind of address all those concerns of we need television time, we need players ready and able for the playoffs, but not groggy and like have an incentive to play. You know, charity always fucking good, like PR wise, and of course people are going to need it now with half of the world dying. Uh, and then of course it gets the fans excited because that means we're seeing like if every team gets four of those all-star game type games, I mean, that's like one team has like 64 buzzer beaters at most, like it'd be social media hype AF. And of course that's what everyone's on nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it checks all the boxes in my mind. I, I must be missing something somewhere. I don't, I mean, the only thing would just be it's not already in like the contract, right? So you'd have to have the players, the owners, the agents all come to the table and agree to something like this in such a short amount of time. That's kind of the only thing, right? It's like there's nothing logistically wrong with it except for like the politics side of it where the it's actual like signing part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where yeah. it's exactly, but so um if you were going to quarantine with two NBA players, which two NBA players would you choose to quarantine with? Oof. 
I don't know. I think, and, for... and this has got to be like a decent amount of quarantine. Let's say it's one month. This isn't like a two-day self-isolation thing. This is one month. One month. All right. Well, I'm going with, uh, you know, all these guys are making creative content these days. You know, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. I'm going with Carmelo because he's been taking all these wine tasting trips recently. So we would just be a connoisseur of the, of the spirits together. Please say Jeremy Lin is your other guy. <laughs> and then we're also taking J.R. Smith because that would be hella f- hilarious to see those two together. I mean, smoking weed is a good way to pass time. And drinking wine. Um, so some combinations that I wrote down were, uh, when I was coming up with stuff like this. Um, Draymond, Kevin Durant. <laughs> you just feel like something's going to happen on like that fourth day. You just hear a it's, window you know, break? <laughs> well, the first, day, <laughs> the first two days, they're both just kind of like... You, you know, they're kind of doing like, oh, I'm staying on this side of the house, and the other guy is staying on this side of the house, and it's like very rare they're going to cross paths. And then it's like day three, it's like, oh, okay, well, now you're starting to feel kind of the, the lack of space. And then it's like day four is like the Draymond's like, hey, Katie, you know, he's like, he's like, hey, Kevin, remember that? Remember that time that you asked me to pass you the damn ball? <laughs> so I think it's funny because like, a lot of these guys have been like uh, playing video games like on the internet now. Like Trey Young's been doing it, you know. Like Ben Simmons been doing it. Like the Minnesota Twins have been doing it. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's been doing it with some of the yeah. Teammates. It's basically every player who's like under the age of like twenty six. Yeah, so I mean, heck, I'd pick some of them and just be like, hey, you guys want to play video games all day? <laughs> pretty easy. Pretty easy. That's not a bad, that's a pretty decent one. Um, another one that I had written down was Danny Green and Kyrie. Oof. I, just, I don't know what the fuck we would talk about. Or yeah. it, the conversation would be so fucking out there that it's like, I don't know. It just seems like such a weird, like, have those two guys ever been in the same place, you know, outside of a game? Like, they've never interacted with each other, right? Whoa. They just, I don't know. For some reason, it's like I can't like wrap my head around the fact that those two live together. Yeah, like it just it just doesn't make any sense. Wow, dude. Now and I think you like it, yeah. you know Danny Green, he's you know he's a sneaky intellectual. Kyrie is an obvious intellectual. UNC Duke, right? You got that rivalry going. And state because it's me. Yeah, and that, like LeBron teammates. Okay. And you, perfect. All right, more in common. Uh, it'd be perfect. That sounds like a sitcom waiting to happen. <laughs> That's actually Space Jam too. They, because of budget cuts due to COVID nineteen, it's just Kyrie, LeBron, and Danny Green <laughs> doing Taco Tuesday like it is today. Oh man. Um, another one I had was uh, Gordon Hayward and uh uh blake griffin they could, they could both rehab together oh yeah perfect they could just it'd share be, each it'd be like the, it'd be like the brian song of rehab <laughs> white as well <laughs> oh man there was something i was reading about blake griffin now i can't 
I can't really remember where it was coming, where it was, or what it was about. But um, who do you think is gonna have a better career over the next five years, Zion or Embiid? Who do you think will be more impactful to the NBA? Oh, Zion's already more impactful than Embiid. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but what about like on the court success? Who do you think is gonna have? Who do you see more likely to win? More championships or more MVPs or whatever, Zion or Embiid? Oof. Uh, it feels really hard not to say Zion, just because it's like the narrative in the media are just like ready to just grab his balls and jerk him off for himself. Like, don't even look at a finger, fucking rookie, <laughs> big boy. But I'm gonna say Embiid because. Okay. Uh, you just can't stop a guy that was been in the MVP conversation for like kind of the past two years. He's been fringe, but he's been in there. I mean, if you had to pick a big man, like a true big man these days, probably be him. Yeah. I mean, he's probably a top eight NBA player for the past three years. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think if there were still center could... spots in the All Star game, it would literally just be him. So, all right, now the case for Zion. Oh, I mean, what if, he, what if he wins a title on his rookie contract? Is that in play? No, it's not in play. <laughs> I don't see how that team ever puts anything together that's like cohesive enough to actually win a title, let alone. A low injury history, like let's be honest, okay. Like that's a real thing. And on top of that, I mean you gotta deal with Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Those are like two pretty big wild cards in whatever uh, team you're trying to Lonzo put together. Lonzo has looked a lot better since he fixed his shooting form. He's looked better, but it's not it feels like a good stats bad team better. <sighs> I don't know. I still think he's. I th I still I still believe. Where would Lonzo. you put him? Like you have you have thirty teams. Okay. Is he in the top half of point guards or the bottom half? Um. I would want to say he's in the top half, but I'd have to actually go through every team just to like kind of make sure, right? I don't think he's above fifteen in my book. All right, well, let's see. Let me, let me pull up the uh, the NBA. Uh, this is more of a a spot check kind of thing, like, oh, would you want him on most teams? I think the answer is no. All right, let's put it this way. All right, so starting in the East, Milwaukee. I would I would take him over Bledsoe. I would uh, take Lonzo, yeah. Mm. The Raptors? I would take Lonzo over... Kyle Lowry at this point of his career. The Celtics, uh, Kemba. No, all right. Keep Kemba. Keep Kemba. Uh, Miami doesn't really have a point guard. I mean, is it Tyler Harrow? Kendrick Nunn? Drogic? I mean, um, Pacers, it's Brogdon? I would take Lonzo over Brogdon. Oof. I think I'm going to disagree That's with like, you. That's like your top five East teams, of which I'm taking Lonzo in three out of those top five. I, 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 w I wouldn't take him on any of those teams. Who are you taking on the Bucks? 
I would rather have Bledsoe than. Are you than fucking Lonzo. serious? Yeah, absolutely. Whoa! You come on. Imagine if it was Lonzo, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. Oh, I can't say it wouldn't be fun as hell to watch. Like, I mean, that'd be great. You'd be seeing these full court. But lobs. I don't think you're losing anything. It's like Lonzo. I think is about as good at shooting as Bledsoe. Bledsoe's probably a better driver, but on defense, they're probably about the same. And Lonzo's a better passer. I think it's about a wash between those two. All right, then I'll flip it the other way. All right, so the bottom like teams are like what the Knicks? Come on, he's he 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 would obviously be on the Knicks. Uh, the Bulls, I would swap out Kobe White or uh, Chris Dunn for Lonzo there. Ooh. Uh, the Cavs and their weird double guard. I'd take Lonzo over both those guys. Okay, that's fair. Um, Trey Young. Would you take Trey Young or would you take Lonzo? Trey Young. <laughs> The all-star versus the non-all-star. Hmm. Um, the Nets, okay. You know, you, you skipped out on Kyrie. I wanted you to make sure that you knew that one. John Wall. Would you take John Wall over Lonzo? Like, does he have legs? Hey, I mean, at, at this point, who knows, man? He might be in a wheelchair. I think I still um, take John Wall. <laughs> All right, let me flip it to the to the West. All right, the Lakers. Are we treating LeBron as the point guard? Because I would probably take Lonzo over both Rondo and oh, who's their other guy? Caruso. I thought there was somebody else. I can't remember now. But yeah, I would take Lonzo over either of those guys. Mm. Hey. Mm. Pat, Pat Bev. Nah. No, nah, probably not. Um, who is the Nuggets point guard? Is it Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray. But everybody's really just a shooting guard. <laughs> like, yeah. So then you still wouldn't take Alonzo. Okay. Um, Mike Conley. You're making that deal. Yeah, Fucking Donovan Mitchell, Dono and Lonzo in the backcourt would be sick. I, I'll make that deal just because I have to be true to myself on how much I ragged on them this year. <laughs> um, all right, the Rockets are out. You got Harden and Westbrook. Um, OKC? Oh, no. Yeah, you got CP3 and SGA. Yeah. yeah. You got too much synergy there. Uh, Luca? Nope. All right. Um, John Morant? No. Um, Portland? No. No. Uh, Spurs, yes. Warriors, no. Booker? No. Um, Darren Fox? No. I had to think about it a little bit. All right, but that's... So he's in the bottom 15 of point guards. <laughs> that's, that's our point made. All right. I got, I all got right. maybe four yeses I could out of see, all the teams. I could see it on that one. Um... Who do you think? Who would you take over the next three years, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry? I'm taking Steph, 100. percent I don't care how old he is. If you have to guard him at like age 38 at the hash mark, he's still doing his job well. <laughs> All right, but up until, let's say the game four of the series against Houston, where KD gets injured. Up until that game, who would you have taken, KD or Steph? Probably KD, right? So, so you're you're basically putting this whole thing on the Achilles, yeah, or and or Corona, like mostly a a, a Corona a, Achilles. 
yeah i, I mean i'm not gonna trust this achilles thing like ugh, that doesn't spell good for me i mean look at boogie i mean he's he's came back from an achilles and fucked up three times in a row well he's like 50 pounds heavier than kevin durant but they're also long and tall all right so corollary how many titles are you putting on Kevin Durant to win for the rest of his career? Under one? one more. So, so if I say, so if, if, if I say two titles, you think that's, that's unreasonable, but one is, I think one is possible. I don't think two would happen. Oh, Oh man. Maybe we should. If you said like half, like if you made me sports betting, man, yeah. that's, that's, I think we could probably make some money there. <laughs> Right now, hell yeah! <laughs> With that one, um, give me who's gonna win the MVP for the next three years, not counting this season. So twenty twenty going forward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Over under on number of MVPs. Le- you think LeBron's gonna win? Well, if it was this year, it's Giannis, right? Okay. Yeah, it's still Giannis. Like, <laughs> if it's next year. Kinda... You actually think LeBron could win an MVP over the next three years? He'll be over the age of thirty-five. No, I don't think he'll get one. Okay. It was, it was so who, who a, do you think will joke. win the next three MVPs? Like, let's say Giannis wins this one. Who's going to win the three after? That means we have a fatigue vote. Giannis versus. I could see Luca. Honestly, he could be in the. I don't know if he could win it, but he'd be like. Two or three on the on the leaderboard. Um, I don't think I don't think LeBron will get it. If the Warriors kick ass again, I maybe Steph could get one. But that might be like shell shock, long forgotten kind of thing. Like, oh, he broke all these records in the past, and he's not breaking them anymore. But his team is like first in the West, so ho ho, you know. So I don't think it'd be him. Uh, yeah, Giannis feels pretty good. Maybe Tatum. What? Damn. I mean, like maybe yeah. like two years. You know, maybe like Giannis has an off year. You know, Kemba's gone. They have like some other scrub instead, and it's like Tatum is unstoppable. Nobody can stop his shots, kind of thing. And he becomes like. An offensive-minded Kawhi Leonard, you know. Okay, so you're going with Giannis, Luca, and Jason Tatum. Some combination of those three, maybe. Would you say it would be Giannis next year, so he'd get a three-peat? No, I don't think he'd get three-peat. So I'm trying to think, who's the last guy to have a three-peat? Bird. Eighty-four, eighty-five, eighty-six. Probably, yeah. Before that, it'd have to be like Bill or Wilt, right? Maybe Kareem. I don't know. I'd have to. Yeah, I know Kareem might have. It's really hard to keep the narrative up for three years. Like, because it's not. I feel like back then you could make like a stats based argument a lot easier. And of course, people didn't watch as much, so there wasn't so many narratives going around. But like now it's like, like, how does he keep busting the ceiling? You know, you have to like start shooting Steph range next year. 
I think it, yeah, I think it has to be like he has to break his own MVP basically <laughs> to win another one, you know? That's kind He'd of have to play works. 25 minutes a game with the same stats and uh, like 40% from three. He'd have to do a 50-40-90. Yeah, at, in 25 minutes and almost win 70 games again. With the same team. Because his team's basically like no other All-Stars. All right, so what, what seems the least likely? Giannis hits a 50-40-90. He plays less than 25 minutes. Or they win 70-plus games. You said the most likely? Most least. I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? We're just making uh, content. <laughs> I think Giannis could do a 50-40-90. No, actually, that's way too many shot attempts. I'm going 70 wins is the most likely. The 50-40-90... <laughs> 70 wins is the most likely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Only two other teams have ever done it. <laughs> they, they almost had it this year. Uh, Dude, they weren't gonna get it. They were at like, I think they were at like eleven losses, but when the season suspended, so they would have had to like finish down the stretch like fifteen and one. But which... he also got injured those last five games. True, but I just find it funny that you think the most likely is that they would win seventy games. So, 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 hear me out. So, if you go for the seventy games, then the twenty-five minutes per game is pretty likely. Okay, because that means it's like the Warriors where it's like Steph wouldn't play the fourth quarter ever. You know, it's like they're winning so much and so badly that they just don't even have to play their stars for a fourth quarter until they lose in the playoffs to a LeBron James team. So those two are like tied, tied eventually. And then the 50-40-90 would have to be like an injury year or something because he just shoots way too many free throws to get 90%, it feels like. Oh my god. <laughs> Your second is the under is twenty-five or under. Absolutely. The game is forty minutes long. You think he doesn't even play half the game? Hey, who knows? He could be on a minutes restriction the entire year. Oh my god. Alright, well, um Here's here's uh what were your last three messages, right? So people have been far more on the the gram and the whatsapp and emails and texts and calls right now that everybody is physically isolated from one another everybody's trying to reach out to each other so what were your last three uh messages from girls matt we're gonna put you on the spot i don't know like what app do you want me to go to i don't know dude it does not matter to me Text, group me, WhatsApp, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Email, Snap. All right, we will look kick, at my last three TikTok. emails. All right, I can start off. So I've, I've got them lined up. Oh, my progressive insurance, my All Dell right. extended warranty, <laughs> and my Cinemark purchase confirmation. All right, there we go. That's my last three emails. All right, my last three messages from girls include the words rain check. Uh, probably because of Corona. Um, how's work from home? Never answered. And this one, this one is 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 gold. Um, got this text message a couple days ago at like three in the morning. I really love blowjobs. 
so that's why I came up with this segment. There's no emojis attached to that one, or like no, it's just straight. (laughs) (laughs) There's no other context. There's no follow up. Like the next morning, that's like, oh man, sorry about that. Nothing. Just that is that is the message. I don't know what to do with that. Um, So I'm just gonna go ahead and move on to our next segment, the uh, Donnie T School of Amazing Business and Stuff. So what's your next kick-ass business idea to take over the world, Matt, in a post-corona earth? So what I've been doing, and we will, uh, this is a nice way to cliffhanger us, I believe, is uh, what I've been doing recently is got myself my uh, creativity juices flowing, you know, we're all stuck at home trying to figure out how to... uh, you know, we're all working from home, but we aren't really feeling the work purpose from home, you know? It's like, we're just kind of treading water. We aren't really, like, making great leaps and strides, you know? So, uh, what I've been doing is I, uh, I've been downloading some drawing and art tutorials, working on those kinds of things, working on my, working on those hand skills, you know, the colors and the strokes and everything. Uh, that wasn't supposed to be gay at all, but it kind of came out that way. <laughs> uh, working on your craft. I, I believe craft, is, how the, you know, is how the baller would say it. Yeah, you know, we just love the game. We just work on our craft day in and day out. Uh, we just worked on our craft harder than them. Uh, we were just faster at our craft than them. Uh, hand drills. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of hand-eye coordination, hand speed, ball speed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, we go up and down the court, you know, hundreds of times. Uh, but basically what I've been working on is, uh, all jokes aside, uh, <laughs> is uh, I took, I've been working on, uh, like, I've been, I've been, I like binged watch like sneaker customs videos on YouTube the other day. Like the people that like paint all the crazy cool shit on them. And I was like, oh, I bet I can do that. So I like downloaded some like pictures of like the all white versions of shoes and was like, oh, let me just start like coloring these in like a coloring book, see what I can come up with. And I think I have some pretty decent ideas. Uh, I don't have any of like the paint supplies or anything yet, but I was thinking about it, you know, it's like, okay, well, this would be a really fun like couple days project to, uh, to work on. Dude, this is insane. Uh, so totally unrelated. I've also been working on a shoe design project. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but with like machine learning, where basically, uh, you know, a type of machine learning model is called a GAN that's used to like generate things. So uh, one of the things I'm working on is, is coming up with a machine learning model that can generate images of shoes. So basically you feed it a bunch of like, images of shoe designs that already exist and see if you can come up with something new so kind of like the face thing where people like mesh all the hundreds of faces together and it like finds the ideal person yeah sort of i mean basically the whole point of again is that it creates like novel things in the same kind of distribution space so it's like um you know if you give it like i don't know let's say all of the game of thrones books or whatever like in theory, it would be able to create like a new story that is not like new and interesting, but kind of in the same vein as 
the way that George R. R. Martin would write it and all that other kind of stuff, right? It's in the same style and tone and all that other stuff, but it's just, it's generated from a machine. Um, so it's kind of weird that we're, we both kind of went the shoe design route. Well, now, yeah. now I feel pretty good about myself. Yeah. So like I bought like a bunch of all white shoes the other day because they're like hella cheap. Like, you know, all white superstars are like 40 bucks. I'm like, hell yeah, I can work with this. Uh, and they're not going to go dirty because you're going to stay indoors all the time. Yeah. And I have like a dirty pair that I'm going to like start on. Cause then it's like, Oh, if it gets fucked up, who cares? Uh, but then I was like, uh, you know, some, some of these people, like they go to like Goodwill and like buy like this fucking destroyed pair of shoes and like do all this cleaner and stuff. And it gets like all nice white and pretty. I'm like, damn, that'd be a pretty like cool, like, you know, like, uh, I don't have anything to work on in the house, you know? It's like, if I owned a home, I'd be like, oh, let me, you know, work on the front lawn, plant some new plants, start a garden, like, oh, I got to fix the roof or something. But, like, in an apartment, I don't, I don't, I got to do, like, littler things than that. That's a good point. Um, what, what's, like, your angle? You going with, like, purple and teal? You going more for, like, a jazz look? So it started out pretty simple. I just did like some color blocking type stuff. So just like some red on this panel, some yellow here, you know, whatever the basics, just to like familiarize myself. But then I did one that's kind of like, uh, like a sunflower kind of style. So it's like green grass, sunflower, brown with like the yellow petals and stuff. I'm like, okay, this would be good for summertime, you know, trying to like capitalize on where my market would be, you know? Um, plus that's like very LA almost. So like those people would buy that shit up. Uh, then I tried to do something a little crazier. Like, you know, they made all those crazy Adidas Dragon Ball Z crossover shoes. So it's like, all right, let me try, let me try stylizing like that. And then pitching it that way, because, you know, a ton of the NBA guys are like huge Dragon Ball nerds. Like they all get like the customs where it's like Vegeta on the side of his like, kd12s or whatever so it's like okay if i can do that in the casual space i think i could find a market there you know because if i went too obscure like rubik's cube fucking shoes like i don't think that would sell very well what's been the hardest part the hardest part for me is like actually gonna be the uh like the so apparently when you do this kind of stuff there's a decent amount of like uh ratio mixturing you have to do with like the the sealants and the dullers and like those kinds of things to make sure the paint like sticks the right way like doesn't crack like isn't like grossly reflective like yeah, spray paint yeah. is yeah you're not painting like a canvas yeah or, or like a paper material yeah i get it you know, you're painting like a a patent leather or like a plastic overlay or like a knit something or other. So like making sure it maintains that material look and still is sturdy is like the interesting chemistry part of it to me. And it's like, I'm not going to air gun it. I'm not going to like buy a fucking, you know, paint airbrush. Uh, I think I'm just going to do like, I have like some paintbrushes here. Like, I would need to buy a heat gun because that just, like, helps out everything and, like, some of the solutions and things. 
and like some of the paints, but I think I could do it. I'm just not sure how much like money I want to spend on that. Like, am I going to do this for a week and be like, wow, this is really hard and boring and then just never touch it again? <laughs> uh, which viewer of the Fortnite is lucky enough to get one of your first pairs? This viewer of the Fortnite will uh, have to DM me their feet pics so I know which shoes to give them. And uh, if they can guess... It's probably a trivia question. If you can guess what day we recorded our first episode, you get a free <laughs> pair of, of whatever I come up with, one. <laughs> That's a hard one. I mean, you know, most people won't be able to figure that one out, but if you look through the, if you look through the uh, recordings, down. you can figure it out. <laughs> No, because we recorded it before we uploaded it. Oh! But we talked about it at a later episode. That's a good point. <laughs> but that's up for the viewer. You know, that's an exercise for the listener to, to find out. We, we can't give too much away, you know. I'm just a struggling artist over here, so... Anyways, uh, that will do it for this wonderful episode of Heart in the Paint podcast brought to you by Charmin quad quarantine toilet paper be sure to find yours before everyone else does at their local grocery store let us know what you're doing to pass the time in your quarantine sessions it's been kind of meaningless over here so we'll see if uh i find any more purpose to the meaning of life as well as if the pelicans win an nba championship at any point and with that we'll catch you guys next time leave a like comment subscribe thumbs up and we'll see you in a week.